This is the Pickle Planet Podcast with Jenna and Tosh. Sit back and get a drink. Let's talk about parenting and how to survive it. Welcome to the Pickle Planet Podcast. I'm Tosh. And I'm Jenna, and we are very excited to have you with us again and to have another fantastic guest. We're very excited to welcome Natalie Davison to the podcast. Hi, guys. Hello. You said fantastic, and I thought you were going to stop at fan, and I was like, oh. it's totally true. <laughs> I think there's a very mutual fan club happening yes. here at this Big table time. today. Big time. <laughs> it's funny, actually, when we were when I was driving here today, I was like, Oh, this is kind of this perfect mix of my life because I know both of you basically in the same way in that I decided we were going to be friends and reached out and made you do a crazy project with me. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this is what she does. And yes. it's, it's yes. awesome. So, so if you yeah. ever get a note from me, hey, I have this idea. You may Brace or may yourself. not want to accept. <laughs> and no, trust me, it's worked out well for me. So, well, And we had a fantastic time doing Project Nice List a few years ago. Yes, oh, Twi- yeah. two years in a row. Yeah, two yeah. years in a row we did that. Which I was, loved that. Yeah, it I was so much fun. Yeah, and that thanks. was, it was basically the same thing that happened with us. So like, I knew you. We'd met in person like maybe twice. We were Twitter friends. Twitter yeah. Friends. Oh, right? and not then, like, even Facebook, Twitter. Well, then yeah. we moved well, from to back in the day. But, like, we eventually yeah. became Facebook Yeah, but we started as Twitter friends, moved to Facebook friends and then I ended up with twin boys and you had twin boys so it was yes. kind of like oh good now I know someone when I need like I remember when you were pregnant with twin boys yeah wow from our Twitter friendship yeah. going way back yeah mm-hmm. and then yeah once the boys were kind of they, they were still pretty young when we did Project Nice List but they were a little you know they were here anyway yeah <laughs> and then yeah I had this idea that I wanted to do something about this like countdown for giving for Christmas and I was like who would do something like this with me like, <laughs> Natalie like <a> fanatic <laughs> fanatic about yeah. Christmas oh, yes. oh well mm-hmm. then we'll be great friends Fanatical. Yeah. <laughs> I used to have a domain. It's I let it go, um, but I had a domain when I was on Natalie, which we yeah. talked about today, that I had reserved called thehollidayaddict.com. And I was I didn't know what I was going to do, but I had this big project. Did I ever tell you that? I think you did. Yeah, now that you like say it, it sounds big, familiar. Like, something big was going to happen with this domain, but oh, uh, no. other big things happened, and I had to choose my, <laughs> I had to choose my poison. Yeah. <laughs> And that's kind of what we wanted to talk about today, like that idea of like how many times in your life you kind of have to stop and go, wait, which way am I going to go and how do I decide where I'm going? Because I think it happens to us as parents as well as professionals, and you've kind of done it in both spheres very publicly. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, first... Let's go back to Nat Leave. Sure, sure. So Nat Leave is like my term of endearment for the year that I took off of my life, basically. <laughs> and it wasn't, um, except for parenting. Like you never take a leave from parenting, no. right? So it's no. like it was like a second Nat Leave, but my kids were uh, going in grade two, so they were quite a bit older. But um, what happened was I lost my job. So I didn't, it wasn't like, I wasn't, you know, basking in the sun thinking I need a year <laughs> off. I, I literally lost my job. My job was eliminated and um, it was like, I loved my job. Like I loved it. It was such a huge part of my identity. And looking back, um, I now can see that it was part of my identity because I, I created an ad- identity that encompassed it. And so that meant that I gave up other parts of my identity. So I I know that now, but I didn't know that then. And so when I lost this job and all of my best friends were my coworkers because I had strategically built this identity, (laughs) um, I was like, God, what, like, what do I have and who am I without this job and these people? And, uh, first my heart was just broken. I couldn't do anything really. I was like, uh, I would say like, definitely like 
depressed. I was in a dark place. And then um, after that, as opportunities started to come up, I just didn't know who I was. And so I didn't feel like it was a good choice for me to go get into anything else until I had taken some time to really sort that out. And so we had some like some things going on in our lives that just were not, I think we all have stuff that goes on in our lives that, you know, is not really like maybe the best. And we say, well, you know, survival mode, will just get through it. And so by taking this time to kind of recalibrate and be more intentional about who, who am I in the world? Uh, what's the impact? And like, what kind of mom do I want to be? What kind of wife? All of those things really allowed us to spend some time on those things that we usually just like click into survival mode and get through and actually be more intentional about how do we want to address this problem. And I think because of the way that our culture is right now and we're we're reactive and we're over busy we don't get to do that so specifically I'm talking about my son had an absolutely intense I don't know the best word for it so I'll just say intense anxiety problem and it was um preventing him from being able to be successful in his learning at school um it was preventing social relationships we had it was it was literally taking over our lives. So we had um, we had a really, really negative situation brewing in his school um, between now it had turned into like myself and the other adults. And it was just it was really this this larger than life situation. And so when I lost my job, it was the beginning of the summer. And so right away, I was like, OK, well, I'm taking the summer off. I'm going to take the summer off and see what we can do. And then when the fall came, I actually had a great opportunity to go back into a role that was uh, very similar to my other job with a different, like with a competitor, making more money, all the things that I thought would have like checked every box and um, wonderful people. And, uh, you know, when the offer kind of came in and I'm sitting with it, I was like, I'm not ready to like, we're not done with this boy. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? We're not done with this work. And I haven't made the impact as a mom or like as the the person who cares for him that I want to. And so it was all of this was really I never like said, hey, I'm going to take a year off. But what happened was um, by allowing myself to go into that for the next year, it changed my life. It changed it changed my outlook on everything, on my personal relationships, my professional relationships. It changed. Um, I'm a marketer. It changed everything about how I do business. It informed how I built my business in the future. So all of the learnings that came from NatLeave, which was me trying to um, help my son with his anxiety problem, taught me about human connection and neurobiology and all of these things that apply in all of my relationships. So you, like, asked me one question. I know. 20 minutes later, I'm (laughs) self-talking. That's wonderful because I'm, like, blown away at the moment. This is not what I expected to come of it at all. So I was going to say, I I don't think you had heard the whole Nat Leaf story. No, no, not at all. It's the best story. Yeah, yeah. So as I'm reading. So keep going, yeah. yeah, So, so, um, gosh. So what had happened was uh, at the time. So first, also, like, my children have uh, dysgraphia and ADHD. Um, but at that time in my life, I was really, really, everybody's like, I need a diagnosis. I need a diagnosis. They were so young. I was like, I don't want a diagnosis. Like, I don't want a diagnosis yet. And I didn't want a diagnosis because some of the diagnoses that we get can be questionable. And so at that time, the school was really, really pushing. They wanted a diagnosis. And so we did some testing and what came out was a diagnosis, um, of 
ODD, which is Oppositional Defiant Disorder. Not ADHD or a learning mm. disability. Those were still, like, secrets. <laughs> we didn't know. We didn't know we had a learning disability, which can manifest itself into, obviously, all of these things. And so what was really interesting is I started doing this research and trying to understand this better. I mean, when you're diagnosing a child with something like ODD, you're really looking at what are the things that are presenting themselves right now? Like, uh, the kid is reactive. They're frustrated. Uh, they're talking back. Like, you know, and there are other ones, obviously, don't have a list in front of me. Um, um, oh, check, check, check. Oh, okay, well, you know, that looks like ODD. Like, my kids don't have ODD now. And I think one of the interesting things is when we get these types of diagnosis, we think that they are like a medical label for life. They are not always. Sometimes they are. There's a legitimate mm -hmm. thing. But, but diagnosis like ODD are, ba are like an assessment of behaviors. They are not an assessment of what created a behavior. That's different between a learning disability and ODD. And so we get into these situations where I think as parents we don't have a lot of information. And um, so when we got that diagnosis, I started, I was like, well, what is ODD and, you know, how do I help? I'm not working. I better <laughs> throw myself into this. <laughs> and, um, and I took some amazing classes and courses um, that are meant for educators and I started learning about different approaches to managing this and that, that have been successful. And it turns out that the answer is understanding how to energize positive connection so that um, affiliation and relationship gets built up with the person and then their anxiety can relax and then the ODD behaviors just start to go away. Wow. And so it's, it really came down to changing how I behave with him. Um, so that, that changed everything for my son a hundred percent, like not overnight, but over time. But then we had to try and find educators who aligned with the same type of, and, and most do, most do, you know, but, um, if someone doesn't believe in this, it's very, very hard then to send that, that child back into that situation. So, um, anyway, so what happened is learning about, uh, affiliation and how our brains react and how relationship is built and, the fact that if you energize negativity, so a negative behavior in the child, if we show up with our most present connected energy in that moment, like say your kid just drew on your wall and you're like, ah, but if they had been drawing kindly on a piece of paper, you probably would have been really low energy. You are actually giving them an energetic reward. They're getting a payoff for that. They're getting like a hit of dopamine. And so then that behavior is reinforced now. Like they, they just can't stop doing it. So if when that child has an anxiety reaction and runs out of the classroom, the whole school comes running. And the reason they did that was because they don't have affiliation in the first place. Then they get that they don't like it. They don't like themselves, but they they get the hit. And so what we had to do is reprogram positive behaviors got the big reactions and negative behaviors got almost no reaction. It's very hard to do. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. I, I, yeah. You're yeah. seeing it. It makes sense. Yeah. Doing it is mm -hmm. the hard Doing part. Doing it is the hard part. That was the hard work. It's probably why I couldn't work for a year. Yeah. Um, but it changed everything in my business as well. It changed. Um, it helped me understand how people make decisions about the purchases they make. And, you know, we buy products and services that support the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves. And so how are we energizing people with our messages and our stories and our communications? And why does that matter? It just really shaped everything about the the kind of impact I wanted to make in my business and helping other entrepreneurs as well. So it means that we're not for everybody in business. Um, 
like I'm not for everybody and like I shouldn't be because I now wouldn't have been for me pre Nat leave. You know what I mean? Like that wouldn't have that wouldn't have aligned. Me pre Nat leave was very concerned with creating a narrative that made it okay to sacrifice my identity. Um, me post Nat leave. No. So so I work with people who are very want to be in tune with the real narratives. Wow. So my mind's blown. <laughs> like, um, I'm shell shocked. And this is fantastic because now, like just that, I want to work with you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> do you want to work with her for business or for parenting coaching Both. advice? Both. I don't know for parenting know, coaching advice. You know what? I shouldn't say that. In our brand therapy, it can be anything. So that's what we tell people. You have an hour of all of our experience and uh, and it's whatever you want to talk about. So I guess it could be parenting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so now we should talk about after your year of nat leave yeah. was up. What are you doing now? This is like yeah, yeah. Big, so big um, of course, so after not leave, I didn't. I wasn't like, oh, I know what I want to do. Yeah. Um, I didn't have clarity in that way. I had a lot of clarity about what I didn't want to do and like what some new. Ba- I had some new boundaries in my life. So I had some new boundaries about who I wanted to work with in terms of like, did I want to boss or you know that kind of stuff. But I didn't like all of a sudden have the confidence to be an entrepreneur. Like you get. <laughs> when I went to work for an entrepreneur, which was my last job, uh, I worked for an entrepreneur. And so um, in 2011, when I went to go work for an entrepreneur, it was the first time I had ever not worked for, like, big business. And I was so nervous about that. I was so scared about that. I thought, like, I thought working for an entrepreneur was a very risky move. And so um, I remember the guy I went to work for was doing a talk in St. John, which, if you're not watching from New Brunswick, is about two hours away from where we live here in Moncton. And I didn't didn't know this guy. And so – but I was – offered a job to go work for him. And so he was doing a talk in St. John, and so I convinced my husband to go undercover <laughs> to the talk. <laughs> but the talk started in St. John at, like, 8.30 a.m. It was, like, a breakfast. So he had to leave, like, at 6.30. Like, you know, we got up an hour early so he could go and sneak in and go to this talk, like, to see, <laughs> like, if we were making a crazy decision for me to go work for an entrepreneur. So I didn't all of a sudden just be like, oh, this is, you know, this is my destiny here. Like, I just really... Um, had I was very risk averse until until I really got in tune with who I am. Now now I'm I 100% trust myself and uh, I don't have that issue anymore. But I was very risk averse at that time. So I I needed to have some type of, type of partners. Like I wasn't in a place where I believed enough in myself that um, I could just go do something. So I just got really really careful about okay, well who are the partners that are going to understand where I'm at in terms of like human connection and, you know, who I am and and what's in my soul and who's going to help me amplify that. And so I started with um, one of my very best friends in the world, Chris Farias, had a different agency than he does now at the time. So we partnered together for a year and I worked with them. And then after that, I had a little more courage and started doing some consulting on my own. And then after that, I launched uh, with my business partner, Kira, we launched Mero Marketing, which is our content marketing agency. And we do uh, we do agency work for companies. But I would say like 80 to 90 percent of our time is spent actually teaching entrepreneurs how to do this for themselves. And so that is our um, our raison d'etre. And we absolutely love taking all of these lessons and um, this approach to how, as businesses, like 
it's people over profit for us. And so um, we really like to work with companies who feel that way, but also to teach that way of business, to help people who feel that in their hearts but don't know where to start, understand that they can actually go do this, make a living, make a good living. You can have nice things. Like, you know, it doesn't make you a bad person if you're successful, but you can also use that to make impact. So that's really what we do. We teach entrepreneurs like, okay, great. That's, you know, Natalie, that sounds nice in theory. Um, how do we actually go out? and build successful businesses doing that. So that's what we do. Incredible. Nutshell. Nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> and you have been doing that. You've been doing some just fantastic stuff with the company. I think people might be interested to hear a little bit about, I think, the idea of this new session you're doing, the therapy session, which yeah. I, I love the way you're framing this. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Well, uh, I, I love it so much. I looked online the other day to see when I could book to do it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we just last week launched. Um, everything we do is... It comes from listening, right? So we, we're pretty clear on our buyer persona and the person that we can serve best. And so now our job is to, okay, like serve them and then listen to what else they need or listen to where those gaps are and figure out how we can serve them again and again and again. Because I'm just like turning into business now, but um, it costs five to 20 times, depending on your industry, five to 20 times more to get a new customer than to keep an existing one. And so for us, we want to just continue serving those people that already are like, yes, what you do is unique, it's special, it's what I need. So we're always looking for those those gaps and opportunities. And um, that's what led us to launch Brand Therapy last week, which are essentially um, two-on-one coaching sessions. So you basically have our brain for an hour, our brains. Here, here <laughs> I like it. is, it's one collective. Yeah, yeah. it is yeah. kind of the, the, the marrow, if you will. <laughs> um, but you get that for one hour for whatever you really need it for. Um, we had a really hard time trying to figure out how to create boundaries. So we would build products or services, and some people would buy them, but this person needed that other one-off thing. And we were like, how are we, we could have help them with that, but it's not an efficient use of our time to move us toward our goals to build a program for that. So what are we going to do with that? And we're like, well, if we block, we just had time. And we looked at some of the hugest breakthroughs that we've been able to have in our other programs like the Marketing Lab and things like that. And they're really, our content is good, the teaching is good, but the big moments happen unscripted. They happen when somebody's like, I have this question about my business. Or what's your insight about this thing in my business? And then that's where we're able to take them and really make big movements. And it doesn't take a lot of time. Like, we do it quickly. Um, but it's really in that, like, live, raw, in the moment. So brand therapy are these one-hour sessions with the exception of, like, a special occasion or a special event. We do them virtually. And... Um, yeah, we just basically work on whatever it is. So we have somebody that is coming in to learn how to write um, a TED-style talk, which Kira and I both speak a lot, and uh, we, we think we're pretty good at crafting talks. So um, <laughs> I've listened to them both speak. You are. <laughs> yeah. So, you are. yeah, this woman has an opportunity. She's going to be telling a very personal story, and so we craft stories. That's what we do for a living, and so we're helping her build that narrative in the shape of a talk. Um, which, again, people would say all the time before, can you help me with public speaking? I'd be like, nope. Like, I'm not a public <laughs> speaking teacher, and I'm not going to offer that as a service. But if you want to use an hour of brand therapy to do that, um, or if you want to use uh, an hour of brand therapy and then another hour of brand therapy and whatever, no problem. Like, that is just time with our brains, right? So that's what we can do. Um, it takes the pressure off for us to have these super polished services for all of our talents. The extra pressure is knowing that you can deliver value 100% in an hour for somebody, mm -hmm. which we've now 
been able to, we feel pretty strongly that we can do that consistently. So, yeah. So do you have any tips for anybody who is uh, either just found themselves without a job and thinking about going in a different direction or someone that's thinking about leaving their job to go in a different direction? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually get that a lot. Yeah, I tips specifically, like I don't have like a list right at the right. top of my head, yeah. so let me just like have a moment with myself here. Um, <laughs> but I think one of the most important things that you can do for yourself is um, ask the people around you, you know, like their impression of you and figure out if you're proud of that. And so, like, I always, that's a good gut check. And if, when your kids are old enough, they're the best people to do this mm-hmm. with. So last night, um, my son and I, I have twins, so it's hard to get one-on-one time. So I, we were shopping last night, and I had one of them. And so I was like, okay, uh, describe each other in three words. Uh, and I was like, you're funny, and you're very creative, and you're really compassionate. And then he's like, you're busy. <laughs> <laughs> you're good at business <laughs> and you love your computer. Oh. And then he's like, and then he's like, ha ha, just kidding. <laughs> you love us. And, you know, kind of eye rolls and laughs. And I'm like, okay, am I proud of the mom that I am? And so if he, you know, if he said that when he was five and he wasn't working on his like joke telling skills, which he's, <laughs> this child is working on a call all the time, that would have been a big gut check for me. Um, and even though he's joking, like there's a moment of like, okay, What's he saying? Does he have, you know, does he have something with this? I mean, that's I have a tendency to overwork for sure. So um, I'm like, is he on to something with this? And like right at this moment in time, I would say he's probably, yeah, he does, right? But he knows he's loved at least, so there's that. Yeah, <laughs> there's a win. There's a yeah, win. check. But really, like, you know, so if you find yourself, like, really try to figure out, are you, um, are you super proud of who you are? And, um, like, you shouldn't be ashamed of who you are, like, at all. But, like, you know, or... Is there another impact that you think uh, is on your heart? And you don't have to know what that is. You just have to admit to yourself that you think you're capable of more. And I always like to, um, I always like to quote, like all of the gurus say this, but unused potential turns into pain. And I try to remember that sometimes when I think I'm not, when I'm not reaching that. That's usually wise. Like I'm. I know there's more there that I'm not putting out into the world. So um, if you just lost your job or you find yourself in a time where you have the opportunity for a transition of, ahead of you, I highly, highly encourage you to try and tap into some, like an extra level of self-awareness. Even if you think you're really self-aware, try to like go deeper into that and pull out a new level of that for yourself. And then just try to make a decision about whether, um, you know, the status quo is working for you or if there's more there that you want to figure out and then just, figure out what you're curious about and start there. But like, you know, Mero wasn't built the day after, um, like this has now been four years, right? Mm-hmm. So like it wasn't built the day after I lost my job. The day after I lost my job, I planted myself on the couch for a week and watched Pretty Little Liars because I had already paid for daycare. And so the kids are gone <laughs> in the day. Like I watched the whole season <laughs> every day, like in the middle of the summer and sunny days and I'm just on the couch eating. <laughs> well, sometimes we need that though. That's a, that's a good way to start digging deeper into your soul right? with Pretty Little Liars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I love a good teen drama. <laughs> Who doesn't? Well, and I think we have to wrap it up there we do, because we yeah. only have so much time. Yes, we could talk about this forever. So we may, uh, we may have you back. I'd love when to we have be some back. Time. Thank you, because this has been fantastic. I mean, Tosh is just like I can tell. Oh no, wheels are turning. Wheels <laughs> are turning. Big time. You guys uh, barely get to speak. I hope it's. I no, hope no. My voice like was interesting. No, no. We're, yeah. oh my <laughs> totally, totally. Before we wrap up, though, yes. let's tell people where to find you and Meryl. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so on Facebook, you can find us. Uh, our page is Marrow, and our 
handle is at Made Marrow. On Instagram, it's at Made Marrow. Those are definitely the channels we uh, invest in the most, although I'm trying to work on my LinkedIn skills. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I've so been spending more that. time there again. Yeah. And yeah. if yeah. brand therapy sounds interesting to you and that's something you want to get involved in, you can see that at madeofmarrow.com, which is our website where you can find most of the things that we do. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. And Yay. that's it for this week's that's podcast. It. Don't forget to, uh, you know, if you liked this podcast, tell us you liked it by reviewing it. Yes. We would love a review. We'd love your likes, your shares, follows. All that stuff is great. And if you do that on this episode, then they'll think I was a good guest and have me back. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> really important. Unless you don't want me back. <laughs> That's all right. We get to make the decision. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Bye. And that wraps up a year of Jenna and I doing the Pickle Planet podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed the past year. We're going to break for the summer and we'll see you, well, maybe mid-August, early September. We'll see. We're busy ladies. And, well, we got to wait for Rogers to get on board for season two. You can catch us all summer long. We're going to do repeats of the show Fridays and listen to us online by searching on your iTunes or on your Spotify as well. And when in doubt, go to PicklePlanetMoncton.com. Don't forget to watch us here in Moncton on Rogers Channel 10 for the Pickle Planet podcast. Thanks for listening.